This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One on, nobody out. The 2-0 pitch. Here's a swing, a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. Get up. Oh, yeah. This one is going to go. Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. From Jupiter, Florida, welcome into another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amron. Alongside Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. We are a week and a half away from Grapefruit League action starting here at Roger Dean Stadium and about six weeks away from the start of the 2020 Major League Baseball season. Clibs, I know the schedule does actually move up and has moved up over the last couple of years, but it seems that uh, as spring training gets shorter and the Cardinals play deeper into October, the offseason obviously gets shorter. And here we go, man. Well, we've got action starting next Saturday. It's going to be right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Excited to go, ready to go. I'm excited because there's a lot going on. When you think about uh, 70 players in camp, a uh, few more pitchers, a few more hitters, uh, real competition when you think about the outfield and certainly in pitching. Uh, it should be a, a very competitive camp that uh, everything counts. I mean, guys just aren't playing themselves in the shape. They're playing for jobs. They are. And for Mike Schilt and his staff, it's their second spring. I think that Klebs, with everything that Mike and his staff have accomplished over the last two and a half seasons, it's maybe easy to forget that this is only the second spring that Mike has been the manager. He took over, of course, halfway through the season back in 2018, the National League Manager of the Year last year, and his staff was down here about a month ago getting their plans together, and once again, a spring where he gets to really have his fingerprints all over it. Well, yeah, he does, and I think one of the things that really works in his to his advantage, you know, he's put together spring trainings for a number of years for the Cardinals. Uh, his staff didn't change. Everybody knows what is required, and they're always looking to implement new things. So I think overall, he's probably better prepared than a lot of managers would be at this stage of their careers. I think you're right. And, you know, as the reigning National League Manager of the Year, uh, some nice hardware for the Cardinals over the offseason. I think that obviously you wish you had won four more baseball games and gotten to the World Series last year. But as you look at this spring, Clips, how different does it feel from last spring? Obviously, there are still questions, and there is work to be done, and there are goals, but the postseason drought was snapped, and this team showed last year that they're able to improve in a lot of key areas. I think that uh, some of the goals that Mike and his staff set out and some of the things that they wanted to see accomplished over the course of last season was accomplished. I would agree with you. I, I think the thing that they probably are motivated by is the fact, I mean, not that they got, got it back to postseason play. They're four games away from being in the World Series. And it didn't end well uh, when you get swept. But I think overall they learned a lot from that. And I think when their situation rolls around this year, they'll be better prepared because they've, they've taken that first step. And now they know what's going to be required of them. 
uh, they got to be a little bit better. And I think if they're a little bit better, who knows how far they can go. Today is the first day of workouts for Cardinals, pitchers, and catchers. The full squad workouts will begin on Monday. And, you know, Klaibs, all of the building blocks of what they do here. We've got these spreadsheets every day with where they're going to be, what field each player and each group of players is going to be on, and all of the drills, all of the fundamentals, everything that they work on. We saw that translate last year in terms of defense, in terms of base running, Really the best, I think, Cardinals team from a defensive standpoint, from a base running standpoint, from a run prevention standpoint, and the ability to put pressure on the opposition, and we've seen it a long time. Well, you know, I think, Chris, one of the reasons why they were efficient, nobody was standing around. Everybody had something to do. Every minute. Uh, I've been in training camps where guys just stand around and not paying attention. They lose focus. They don't run the drills right. We didn't see that last year. And I think that that was a real key where he kept things engaging for the players. And let's face it, we all have short attention spans, but I think the way they were able to do things last year really kept guys on the ball. Younger players, too, and younger players always trying to impress the manager. So you had a lot of good things working for you, and I think, as we mentioned earlier, because they had a taste of postseason, they know how hard they have to work to get back and be better. We'll talk to the manager and the reigning National League Manager of the Year, Mike Schilt, <laughs> coming up in just a couple of minutes. We'll also visit with the president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak, going to the Cardinals clubhouse to hear from a number of the Cardinals players. We'll hear from Harrison Bader, John Brebia, Daniel Ponce de Leon, and Ryan Helsley. Also, Annie Rogers, who covers the team for MLB.com, will be with us and You know, as we look around, especially today, Claves, the pitchers and catchers getting going, someone like Ryan Helsley, I think a perfect example of work put in and objectives met last year. Obviously, a couple of seasons ago, a lot of promise, had some shoulder issues. Last year was able to get up to the big leagues. And then, you know, I think one of the most important moments of the postseason, maybe that I don't want to say gets lost in the shuffle because it wasn't a walk-off hit or a uh, double-digit run first inning, was Helsley in the... Top of the eighth inning, trailing 4-3 against the Braves. He comes in with Yachty, three strikeouts, all swinging, all with cutters, comes off the field, fired up. Uh, That kind of spurred the rally in the bottom of the eighth, Yachty flaring the ball over Freddie Freeman's head and tying the game. That's a perfect example, I think, of some of the young guys who have been given opportunities and made the most of them over the last few seasons. Well, you know, one of the things that comes into play here is, and we've seen this quite a bit with the Cardinals, when they bring a guy up, they bring a guy out to contribute, not to watch, not to learn, but to contribute. And I think we've seen that time after time. You know, Junior Fernandez is another guy who you can put in that situation. Or think about Tommy Edmond. You know, when you get here, man, you're expected to make a contribution, and, and we saw it with Helsley. And I'm really excited to see what he does this season. I know he wants to start. Uh, he told me that he's been working on a couple of pitches, curveball and change up a lot more. So he's thinking like a starter. Now, the good, good thing about that is if he goes to the bullpen, hitters can't just look for the fastball or the changeup. They better start looking for the curveball, another all-speed pitch that I think is going to be effective for him. And I think overall it's going to make him a, a more whole pitcher as far as his career is concerned. You mentioned Junior Fernandez. Think about all of the guys who at this time last year were either not – considered to be a part of the 25-man roster or had to play their way onto the 25-man roster by the time camp ended or get called up during the year. And just off the top of my head, Dakota Hudson, who filled the fifth starter role, Giovanni Gallegos, who was 
perhaps your best bullpen arm over the course of the entire year and did some really, really important things for you in some really, really key moments. Edmund, as you mentioned, Lane Thomas, who was only slowed down by the wrist injury, and even a veteran like Matt Wieters, Klebs, who didn't get any calls last year. Where would the Cardinals have been last year without Matt Wieters and his contributions? They'd have been watching the postseason on TV. That's what would have happened. Um, he was just instrumental in selling in the pitching staff. I think he was as good of a bad ball blocker as I've seen in a while since maybe Mike Matheny. Um, and there's always a guy each year. You just touched on some guys last year. I think Oviedo is a guy that everybody's looking forward to seeing what he does. He was really good in Springfield. You'll probably start in Memphis, but as you know, man, if you're ready, they're going to find a way to get you up here. Yeah, there are a lot of guys like that. Cody Whitley, who went from single A and Palm Beach right across the street here to triple A last year, had a sub two ERA, didn't walk anyone, didn't give up any home runs. Jake Woodford, who put up really good numbers considering he was a starter for the entire year in the PCL and those ballparks that aren't exactly pitcher-friendly. There are a lot of arms, Claves, and I think that this year with the new rule that forces a pitcher to face at least three batters with the number of guys the Cardinals have at their disposal with options with the geographic proximity to Memphis and with the ability of Mike Shilton and his staff to manage a bullpen and manage a pitching staff the depth is going to be maybe even more of an asset than we've seen in recent years I would agree with you um man they got a lot of big league arms in this camp and a lot of big league arms with big league experience and you've got another tier of pitchers that are right on the cusp of making a contribution also. So um, the Cardinals were strong in pitching last year. They're going to be stronger this year. And now if they can find a middle-of-the-order guy, then we really got to sell something special. Yeah, we'll have a lot of uh, lineup talk. You know, thinking just about the pitching, though, and some of the guys that maybe go a bit unmentioned, uh, Carlos Martinez, it was just almost ho-hum last year that he transitioned to become one of the best closers in the National League down the stretch. Alex Reyes, who for the first time in a number of years was not a rehab player this offseason, was healthy and is trying to make an impression. John Gant, who was all-star caliber last year and probably on numbers alone should have made the all-star team. We can keep going down the list. Andrew Miller, I thought looked like Andrew Miller in the postseason. There's a lot of reason for optimism while there are fair questions about the lineup. Yeah, the, the lineup is going to take some time. Um, I think what you're going to see is some patience on behalf of the Cardinals in giving these guys a chance to earn the spot. And if nobody breaks through, then they'll go look, look for somebody. Uh, I think they're going to give this spring training an entire spring training to figure out just what they have. And what I mean by that is, do they have it on the roster? Maybe if they don't, they have a person that needs more time. And then they have another person that maybe they've seen enough of to know, all right, we can move on from this player. All right, final thought here in our last moment of our first segment on Cardinals Countdown to opening day. It was exactly two months ago, December the 12th, Thursday, December the 12th, that Major League Baseball was packing up and leaving the winter meetings in San Diego, California. That week, we saw Steven Strasburg sign. We saw Garrett Cole sign. We saw Anthony Rendon sign. I think there was an assumption that Really, the industry would get moving quickly because of those free agent signings. Obviously, the Mookie Betts trade happened last week. But as you look over the last two months, leaving San Diego to getting to Jupiter, have things moved the way you thought they would? Or do you think there is still perhaps some movement to come over the next six weeks as teams take stock of what they have in the spring? I think teams will take a deep breath, look at what they have. And then I think you'll see another series of subtle movement take place. Uh, and that's going to mean everybody from spare parts to players that they've decided that maybe they don't want to extend or maybe they don't want to 
uh, bring back after this year or they don't want to pay. So maybe all of a sudden a person you didn't think about might be in a deal, all of a sudden might be available. So I think everybody's going to look at everybody. And this is where scouting comes in a huge play in the spring. You better have your best guys out looking at spring training and seeing who's swinging the bad well and who's doing this well because that person might come up for a deal because maybe a team says, we got a young kid in our organization who we think can do us good, hence we'll dump this salary somewhere else. And, you know, that's how deals are made sometimes. Well, and I think this year, too, with spring being shortened and just the number of games and the number of innings teams will have to cover – a lot of teams and a lot of scouts will get a look at a mm-hmm. lot of players. Absolutely. Joint manager Mike Schilt as he hosts the Cardinals Care RBI Golf Classic on Thursday, May 7th at Norwood Hills Country Club. This unique experience will pair foursomes with the Cardinals celebrity, including current players, coaches, and alumni. Register today at cardinals.com slash golf. And the manager, Mike Schilt, will join us next. Chris Ramby and Mike Claiborne hanging out on a Wednesday night in Jupiter, Florida. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. We are just underway. We'll take a break, come back, and chat with the skipper next, right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Chris Raby with Mike Schilt after the first official workouts for Cardinals pitchers and catchers. And Mike, what do you like most about getting to finally put that uniform on and, and get out on the field. Yeah, it's always an honor, Chris. You know, I thought about it today. I think about it every day. Um, a little more today when you sit there and you put that uniform on is to really the honor it is to wear it, you know, and the, just grateful for the opportunity to wear the St. Louis Cardinal uniform and and, um, and then know you're getting, you know, get to go on a baseball field today. And me and Chris Carpenter were talking about as we want to go shag with the um, for the catchers when they were hitting a day after the pitchers went through their rotation of the non-throwers and just like man what an opportunity how grateful we are to we get to we get to do this and go go shag balls for Yachty and Weedy hitting hitting BP pretty amazing uh, I was talking to Jake Woodford and he said yeah I got to stand near Chris Carpenter like in the outfield while guys were hitting he's like it's it's amazing because you kind of work out on your own and then all of a sudden everyone's here and the enthusiasm the the buy-in from everyone seems so real Mike and, and that's not something that you can manufacture is it yeah real is a good word Chris you know it's it is not something you can manufacture um you know we're, we're very blessed to have the history that we have here um but you know the history's there but this organization's always been intentional about capturing it and then the people of that have created a lot of the history here very um, intentional about wanting to continue to be a good steward for the organization and, um, you know, represent helping moving forward. And that's, um, you know, Chris Carpenter is a good example, but we have many of them. Give us an idea if fans come down here and see what you guys do on a day-to-day basis on the fields or if they see from afar on social media, whatever. uh, Give them an idea of how many people it takes, how many moving parts there are to have this many people in a facility all doing things and every minute essentially accounted for it's it's pretty incredible the mechanics of what you guys do day to day for the next six weeks yeah it it took me an hour (laughs) to figure out what that looks like i mean you need a big flow chart like one of those uh crime dramas and the strings on the wall it's um it really is you know and 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 it's, it's just a ton of moving parts and if you think about it and you know i've 
had the good fortune this organization to run spring trains on the minor league side and and then be a part of our major league side for a while and of course now in this position and and um, but it's really there's a bigger picture to what that looks like that people don't appreciate uh, or don't know about even and um, we hope we don't take for granted and that is um, you know they have to get here we have to get here the players the staff um, the logistics we were just talking about everybody's rental cars and um, you know Ernie Moore our traveling secretary I mean you know he's got you know you think about the number of players but he's also got the same you know he's got a high number of staff too and we keep growing with our staff um, and, and his ability to flawlessly just make sure we have the cars and the, the flights and people get here and you know people you know that can't be taken for granted there's a lot of logistics to that and then the clubhouse Mark Walsh and his staff I mean they're phenomenal with I mean you look up and I walked you know you walk I was here last week when the truck wasn't here some players were here but you know we weren't trying to get set up and then I walk in the day the truck gets here and you see the process getting loaded and loaded and then next thing you know the clubhouse is full and then the back room where all the stuff is is like put away everything's in its place I mean it was I mean literally flawless and and they've not planned for only you know just getting stuff in everybody's locker and they're all the guys individual bats and gloves and shoes and which is quite a bit you know and more and more for that and, and more and more players big camp but then they've got all this planning to do for the next 40 days um of spring training and they look up and you look in that room and it's just it's everything it's just there you know and then that's why you value the people that do those jobs and then like today we had the physicals for the pitchers and catchers and staff you know we ran I didn't run but you know the medical staff and performance staff tested and ran every single staff member and player through pretty you know detailed um, you know multiple different things to, to from a health standpoint from a physical standpoint uh, and and did it flawlessly and again I keep using that word but there's a ton of logistics to that and um, and then make, and the time is a component to it, which now leads me into the the actual scheduling. You know, we have more and more departments, which is great in what we do, and it touches our player, um, the medical staff, the performance staff, um, and then you know clearly we've got the baseball, the stuff on the field, and and we've got um, you know a wonderful complex here that we take advantage of, but once that day starts, you know you're looking at roughly you know 120 people between players and staff that once that schedule starts every single person and every single minute's account and and there's also today wasn't so much the case but um, a lot of times the rotations have to be right on time because everything is affected by everything else so you know that schedule for today comes out on a piece of paper that has schedule on each side um, and it looks like really simple and easy and that's a schedule that has taken hours upon hours to create and you know that's the other thing that people may or may not understand I think that's the genesis of the question is to give people a little more of a picture of what they can't see or understand it is you know our staff's going to be here in the morning to create that to finalize the schedule it's cyclical um, to go through all the different things but we're going to be here you know between six and seven 
every staff member's arriving at 6 or 7 in the morning. And then um, we'll have a staff meeting. And then we have the workout. And then once the workout's done, guess what happens? We do the schedule for the next day. Yeah. And, um, you know, that can – that. With, we have a review of, of what the day looked like, and then we start the process of regrouping and doing it all again the next day. With with And there's a lot of people to look at the schedule to make sure we don't have any glitches in the schedule as far as, you know, what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're doing it, where we're doing it, and then making sure that there's individual messaging taking place to players within the schedule from staff members. You know, we talk so much, especially here in one of the hubs of the organization, this facility, about player development. But staff development, I think sometimes from a media fan standpoint, might get overlooked. Your field staff and throughout the organization, such a cohesiveness, guys that have come up and, fair to say, almost been developed like this club develops players. Yeah, that's completely fair. And, um, you know, look, I don't <laughs> and I don't know if it's something that happens in every organization. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it does or not, Chris. Um, I know it does here, and I'm thankful for it because, candidly, I'm not the manager if without it. I'm not even – I mean, I don't, I, I, I just, I'm literally – people that can't see me scratching my head. Like, I don't know what I would what would happen without that growth. And it goes back to Mr. Kissel. There's a lot of different people that are responsible for that stewardship. We talked about in the initial part of the interview with, with about CARP. Um, and people coming back and giving the organization but you know you're going to get developed as a staff member here if you allow it to happen and um, you plug into the buying into the greater good of the organization um, and you know you're you're there's a there's a real under, you get taught how to how to do a lot of different things we're doing and and um, you know there's a lot of experience within the organization there's also a lot of experience within different components of the organization that are on our staff you know um, Brian Eversgird is our bullpen coach and played in the organization, signed at a tryout camp at Bush Stadium, you know, Bush 2, and and um, next time he showed up in it, was pitching in it, and, uh, <laughs> you know, got done playing. He's been with the Cardinals 27 years or so, and, and now has, you know, been a pitching coach, and, you know, Pop Warner signed in 91 and has not left, you know, and played, got to AAA, and then started coaching, has been on the big league staff throwing BP and helping and coaching, and and uh, was a hitting coach and a manager for years and a very good one and um, a rover, an infield rover, uh, you know. And so, you know, look at Ollie Marble, played in the organization, you know, coached in the organization, managed the organization. Stubby, played in the organization, managed the organization. Um, Willie, played in the organization, obviously, has been coaching the organization now for going on, I think, eight years. Um, you know, Jamie Pogue, our bullpen catcher, played in the organization. Clinton Tehran, our bullpen catcher, played in the organization. Both been our bullpen catchers for years now. Um, you know. Uh, Jeff learned the spring ropes from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jeff Albert started the organization in 2008 and, and um, is back with us. You know, and I've been here since 2004 with a lot of different roles. So, um, and, and all of us grew each other, help each other, love each other, hold each other accountable. Um, you know, Adam Olsner, head trainer, came up through the organization. Chris Conroy, assistant trainer. I mean, you get the picture. <laughs> but um, you know, that's that's how we operate, and um, you know, it's it's a it's a special special thing. Mike, appreciate it. Off and running. Games will be here before we know it, and always uh, appreciate you sitting down and taking some time for us. Thanks so yeah, much. My privilege, Chris. Thank you. Have a blessed day. 
back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. From Jupiter, Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne. Hoops coming to St. Louis. And right now, let's give away six ticket vouchers for any of the 2020 Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament, March 5th through the 8th. For more information on the Missouri Valley Conference games, visit archmadness.com. We'll take caller three right now at 314-531-1120. Let's head back over to the complex right now. Mike Claiborne standing by with one of the breakout stars from last year's Cardinal season. Ryan Helsley is our guest, and Ryan Helsley is in spring training. And, man, things really changed for you all of a sudden last year. Uh, you get called up. You make the postseason roster. You got a lot of big league experience. What'd you come away with most that you wanted to work on for this year? Um, yeah, you know, I was in the bullpen, like you said there, most of the year, and was a starter majority of my career. So I mean, coming out of the bullpen, you usually use two pitches, you know. And um, coming up, I had four, and you know, this off season, I really wanted to focus on my other two that I didn't use as much to kind of refine those and get those back to shape and form. For you, working on those other two, was it more the fact you didn't have opportunities to throw it, or you just didn't have the confidence to throw it? I think a little bit of both, you know. Um, out of the bullpen, you know, you want to go at guys with your best stuff and whatever you have the most confidence in, and I did that, and Yachty and Weeders did a great job calling pitches for me. And, um, you know, if I ever went two to three innings, you know, we'd start to mix in some other stuff. and Or if we'd face somebody, you know, the week before or sometime prior that we'd mix it up and try to keep them off balance. But, um, yeah, it definitely makes it tougher out of the bullpen to throw four pitches. What was the biggest challenge being a starter all your career, and then you go to the bullpen? What was the biggest challenge for you? I think just learning how to use that rush you get out of the bullpen. You know, as a starter, um, you know, you're kind of trying to prolong your outing as long as possible and, you know, and kind of use your energy over seven innings and not three three outs, you know. And um, coming out of the bullpen, you know, that, that part's fun. Of, you know, you get that big adrenaline rush coming into the game and stuff and trying to get big outs. And I think that was the biggest thing is just trying to use all that emotion, you know, and hone that in. Speaking of adrenaline, what was your heartbeat like when you first stepped on a big league mile? Man, it was crazy. You know, I faced Christian Yelich, one of the best hitters on the game, and, you know, I had him down 0-2, you know, I was feeling good, and he put together great at bat and ended up hitting a home run. And But, you know, I fi and finished the day strong that day and pitched well, and, um, you know, it was a good learning experience. You remember that first punch out? Yeah, dude, Ryan Braun, that's what it was against, yeah. So you don't forget those yeah, sort of things. So you remember your first home run you yeah. served up and your first right. strikeout. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. All right, so this year, I know you said you want to be a starter. Uh, these innings here are very, very important. So what's going to be your approach? You said you have two other pitches you've been working on. So what's going to be your approach? Right. Um, you know, I think the biggest question for me is throwing those 200 innings in a year. You know, the most I've thrown, I think, is around like 160. Um, so 40 more innings is quite a bit of a difference. You know, it's six or seven more starts in a season, you know. And um, But I think I can, you know, get a good routine, work with the personal trainers and the staff to kind of keep my body in shape and stuff and um, get in there and stay healthy. Physically, how much of a challenge was it for you last year? Because you pitched longer than you'd ever pitched in your life. What sort of physical toll did that take on you, and how long did it take for you to recover? You know, honestly, I felt great at the end of the year. You know, I had the little um, misstep, you know, there in, in June when I had the shoulder fatigue and um, missed a couple of weeks there. But, you know, after that, I felt great. You know, our trainers and stuff got me feeling right, and, you know, I felt great in the postseason. So. The biggest challenge that you feel you'll have this year? I mean, there's a lot of guys out here with big league experience, including yourself. What, what do you think your challenge is going to be? You know, we got a lot of talented guys out here, um, a lot of young guys who can really throw the ball well. And, um, you know, we're a young team. Um, but the biggest challenge, you know, I think is just, like I said, staying healthy, you know, just to be able to be that guy to go out there and pitch every day and post for the team, you know, when they call on your name and um, whether that's starting or relieving, you know, I think that's a big thing, you know, for your, your teammates to be able to depend on you. 
You know, I talked to Daniel Ponce de Leon about that very thing about cohesiveness and camaraderie, and it seems like you guys are starting to find that common ground with everyone, especially guys who all came up through the organization together. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have a great clubhouse. You know, I, I tell people that all the time. You can talk to those guys in the room like you're talking to me right here you know like you can relate to them everybody's got your back you know everybody wants what's best for you we're all pull for one another and you know and I think that's a great thing you know to have in the clubhouse is everybody's pulling in the same direction on, on the same rope. So when people come watch you pitch everything's going well for Ryan if he's doing what and if he's fighting it a little bit what would be the telltale sign for you yeah. aside from throwing strikes? Right. Um, I mean, if I'm throwing all my pitches for strikes, you know, if everything's feeling good, you know, and I think the hitter's swings will tell you a lot about how the pitcher's feeling that day, you know, if he's getting swings and misses or not, what his stuff looks like, what the hitter's reactions are like and stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, if it's going bad, you know, the same thing. If the hitters are, you know, comfortable in the box, you'll, you'll be able to tell early too. You don't have a problem throwing inside to make sure you establish your portion of the plate? No, absolutely not. You know, it's part of the game. You know, I think hitters understand that, and, you know, pitchers, it's very important. You know, you can't have guys comfortable in the box, you know, leaning out over the plate trying to take advantage of your pitches, you know, and so it's it's really important on being able to hit both sides of the plate. Yeah, that's a great point you make, being comfortable, because if you get a guy to start to dig in and just doesn't have any fear, you're not going to be out there long. Absolutely, you know, if a guy's comfortable up there, you know, you can feel it on the mound out there too, for sure, what, what the batter is feeling out there. And, um, you know, you got to be able to keep him off balance and not have him too comfortable in there for sure. All right, final question for you. How was your winter, and uh, what promise did you make to yourself as you go into spring training? Yeah, my winter was great. You know, it was a short three months. You know, it's a good thing. <laughs> went by in yeah. a flash, but, uh, you know, promise to myself this year, I feel like, is just, you know, give everything I have. You know, don't take any day for granted because, uh, you know, all it could be taken away. You know, I think we all learned that here pretty recently with what happened, you know, in California. So That's for sure. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, with so many good pitches here, there may not be enough miles to work off of, so take advantage of every chance you have. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll keep it in the bullpen. John Brebbia joins us next. It's Cardinals Countdown Opening Day presented by Ameren from Jupiter. Back in a moment on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Don't strike out with your Valentine this year. Treat your sweetheart to dinner in a Cardinals game with all-inclusive tickets featuring excellent seats, a full buffet, and complimentary bar service. This week only select games in April and May are available starting at just $55. Get your all-inclusive tickets today at cardinals.com. Welcome back to Jupiter and Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. I'll hand it back over to Mike Claiborne. Well, John Brevier, here we go again. It's good to see you in spring training and you know, when we think about what you've meant to this ball club coming out of the bullpen, is this still a dream come true for you? Because you've had a lot of fun in a Cardinal uniform. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 great to be here. It's still great to be here because this is playing baseball. You know, the uh, my my goal when I got to affiliated, affiliated ball when I was drafted was to play a game in a major league uniform. Um, I was fortunate enough to do that in 2017 so this is all just fun bonus time this is this is ot so i'm liking it <laughs> nothing wrong with that what did you do this winter this winter was a little bit different than most so you know i had my training program and my throwing and all that stuff um but i had the pleasure of being able to raise uh raise my son um so it was the first time ever where I didn't have an excruciating amount of uh, downtime in the off season, so this is good. So did you go through umbrella opening training? So tell everybody the story about yeah. you and the umbrella. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pouring rain when I got called up, and it just in made, Denver in Denver, yeah, and it just made sense to uh, to get an umbrella for my walk to the stadium because I, I you know I thought the 
thought the bus was off limits to rookies. So I was mistaken. Um, that was just a rumor. Um, but uh, I didn't think so at the time. So I thought, man, I, I can't show up on my first day soaking wet. So uh, boom, got an umbrella from the lobby and it's kept me dry ever since. Did you return it or did you just go out and buy a collection of them? Well, now I just have my collection. Uh, I, I need the I need the furniture piece in the in the doorway to contain so all. So some players have collections of jerseys and balls in their career. Go to your house as a collection of umbrellas from all over the world. That's exactly right. My my baseball collection will be stored in memories. Um, I I feel like that's. That's the most appropriate way for me to to recount and recall my experiences here. Umbrella, however, those need to be tangible. I, I need to be able to hold them. So you've collected one from every big league city? <laughs> um, not quite. Uh, it's surprising how much space they start to take up in a closet. But I've I've got more. I've got an embarrassing amount. I think that's safe to say. Okay. What about London? You'll be able to go over there and get some, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. Up. Yeah. There's a... Uh, it's a company, Brig. It's a Briggs umbrella, and I'm very excited to swing down to their shop. I honestly have no idea where it is in relation to where we will be, um, so I, I'll have to figure out if I can get there or not, but I'm very excited to, uh, to check out their stash. Let's talk a little baseball. Uh, this is going to be a very spirited camp, so many good arms in the camp. For you, a guy who's gone through two spring trainings now, what are you trying to work on at this point to get yourself ready? Because as I mentioned, this is going to be a very competitive camp and a really good bullpen when we break camp. Yeah, there's 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 too many guys here that are capable of playing in the major leagues to be able to put on the roster. There's We need two teams at least, um, which is an awesome thing because it means there's no shortage of, of exceptional talent. Uh, for me, it's going to be trying to make the team every day. You know, I, I is that the approach you still take? Because I know some guys, like Albert, was a guy who mm -hmm. felt like he had to make the ball club every year. Same applies for you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm glad I, I can share something with with Albert such a great was. player. Yeah, that's not every day that, uh, that that we have something in common. But I, I think that you know, for starters, it's a it's a reality. You know, you've seen how high the turnover is for a reliever oh, yeah. uh, so uh, you know it's it's hard to be considered a uh, uh, safe in that position but at the same time it's also something where if you know if I ever think for a second that uh, if I get complacent or if I think that I can you know oh yeah I've got a spot I'll work on something no that's what the off season is for spring training is for coming out here and and showing that you are one of the arms that deserves to be on the team. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of guys that deserve to be on the team, so it, it'll be fun to see how it shakes out. So what's your best pitch these, these days? Because as a reliever, you're, you don't have an opportunity to have four or five pitches to throw. But for you, what's been good and what's one you want to work on this year? Um, you know, I think in, for really my whole career, I have relied on a fastball. Um, With movement. Yeah, yeah, you know, if the, the more I can get, the better. Um, of course, you know, that sometimes that can be tricky. But uh, I, I think the key for me this year is, honestly, the, the my second pitch, my secondary pitch, will be throwing a fastball but keeping it down in the zone all the time. Um, I, I think there's a the tra traditional baseball, which uh, is, is, I don't want to say forgotten, but being moved away from a little bit, I think is really strong uh, in terms of success. So if I can do those those classic things hey fastballs down breaking stuff down you know guys can hit the ball really hard guys can hit the yeah. ball really far so when, when those pitches are up there's a 
better chance for them to hit a home run. What do you think about the new rule with the three batter minimum? Um, you know, I, I I'm not one to like change a whole lot, but I don't, I don't, I, I don't care. You know, whatever the rules are, the rules are. As long as I'm playing with the same rules as other people. <laughs> Uh, for the most part, if they want to start my at-bats with two strikes and no balls, that's fine. <laughs> I won't complain about that. But, uh, you know, I think that I think that it'll be fine. I, I don't anticipate a ton of change um, in terms of how games are managed. So, you know, who knows? I'm not a manager. I'd probably be a terrible one anyway. Um, but it, it'll be fun to see. I think it's, it'll be neat. What, do you, what would you be doing if you weren't pitching? That's a good question. Um, you know, hopefully shortstop uh, or the outfield or <laughs> something like that. Um, but I, I don't know. I got to tell you, I really enjoyed being a, uh, you know, like a stay-at-home father this offseason. So uh, I wouldn't my, – my wife is brilliant and driven, so I think that I would make a really good stay-at-home father while, while she can, have she you can sh- go off and do all the work. Have you shared that with her yet? Uh, I, yes, yes, I have. So I think she's okay with it. <laughs> Good for you. Well, listen, it's going to be fun to watch you work this year. Keep up the great work. And, of course, thank you for the time. And the beard growth starts when? Game one. Right. Game one of the regular season. Looking forward to it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Quick break and more on Hour 1 next of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Now is the time to pick up the essential item for every Redbird fan, the official 2020 Cardinals calendar. Featuring the signature artwork of team photographers, the club's spring training and regular season schedules, and four pages of money-saving coupons. Pick up your copy at St. Louis area retailers or call 314-345-9000. We'll give away a calendar to caller 3 right now at 314-531-1120. A big thanks to Mike Schilt, Ryan Helsley, and John Brebia. We'll kick off Hour 2 with John Moselock, also Harrison Bader coming up, and Annie Rogers of MLB.com. That's all next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarant on the same Cardinals Radio Network. One on, nobody. The 2-0 pitch. Here to swing a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amarant. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, baby. Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Hour two of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amarant from Jupiter, Florida, off and running alongside Mike Claiborne. I'm Chris Raby. Our executive producer is Ben Boyd. Mike Anderson back in our network studios. A big thanks to Sam Masterson, who's down here helping us in Jupiter, and also Ann Carroll from the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. A big thanks to Mike Schilt, Ryan Helsley, John Brebia. They all joined us in our first hour. We're going to chat with the Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Moselock, in a moment. But first, we'll get to some of the headlines around camp and around the Cardinals. First, had the chance today to speak with Cardinals hitting coach Jeff Albert. Albert, of course, came up in the Cardinals organization before heading to Houston. He was in the minor leagues and then in 2018 in the big leagues with the Astros as their assistant hitting coach. Albert spoke to the media for the first time since the sign-stealing scandal exploded in the baseball industry. That story continues to develop, but the Cardinals hitting coach said he never saw evidence of anything that would break the rules or be 
ethically questionable while he was in the Houston dugout a couple of years ago. I don't feel like I was watching or witnessing um, anything that was not like normal, um, especially with like one of the things that happened a lot in 2018 is there's a MLB representative, you know, basically in the, you know, the video room outside of where the dugout is. I mean, I'm there a lot, like I'm sitting in that part of the dugout and there's a video right behind and you're like, I do that in, in St. Louis too. Like you're checking the at-bats, where was this pitch, where was that pitch? Um, so between that and like, like having representatives there and that kind of thing, um, I don't, you know, I don't feel like there was anything that I was seeing that was out of the ordinary. Albert asked if he should have known something was perhaps going on. I mean, that's a great question. It's hard to say. Yes or no? Probably yeah. But like I said, I don't, I don't feel like I had, if you're looking back to the time, reason to go around asking about, hey, you know, you're not walking around the clubhouse at this or that or kind of like that. Like that was my experience. Like I don't feel like I was like looking back skeptical of like, is this guy doing something, whatever, um, because the character of the group and the things that were going on, like I said, were um, not something that would make me question the, what was happening. Meanwhile, on the field, the Cardinals got a look at their new left-handed bullpen piece. KK, 31-year-old left-hander Kwong Yun Kim, who was signed to a two-year deal of the offseason through his first bullpen session yesterday. So really good atmosphere, good facility, and the, the teammates are welcoming him. So look forward for the season. That's Kim, or KK, with his interpreter Craig Choi. Kim has drawn quite the amount of media attention, and how about the accolades he racked up in the KBO, including the Best Pitcher Award in 2019, his 2008 KBO Most Valuable Player Award. He was 19 years old, won 16 and 4 that year. Gold Glove Award winner, former big league leader in wins in the KBO, and a lot more impressive statistics accompanying the 31 year old left hander who was in Cardinals camp and getting to work with the Cardinals pitchers and catchers. Cardinals also announced a move today as they sign veteran infielder Brad Miller, the 30 year old left handed hitting infielder who's played just about everywhere, including the outfield, most career games at shortstop. Signed a one-year deal for the 2020 season. Financial terms not disclosed. Miller's played six-plus seasons in the big leagues with Seattle, Tampa, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Philadelphia. Club also announced that they moved Jordan Hicks to the 60-day DL. Hicks continuing to recover from last year's Tommy John surgery so that Miller can be added to the 40-man roster. So as we catch you up on all the news around Cardinals camp, let's hear it the president of baseball operations. Mike Claiborne standing by with John Mozeliak. Well, here we go with another spring training and the president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak, is with us. This is a little bit of a unique spring training, shorter, more players in camp. How much of a change does that make as far as putting the spring training together? Well, the biggest obstacle we really had was trying to identify how to handle the gap between when our season begins and minor league baseball starts. So, one of the things we decided to do was ramp up this camp, give ourselves a little bit more protection um, because of the, the, the two weeks really between the start of uh, minor league camp. And, and hopefully the additional numbers is manageable. Um, obviously from the, the coaching standpoint, it's more players to work with. From a clubhouse standpoint, you just have more bodies in there and arguably it's it's a bit crowded at the moment and it certainly will come become Monday, but you know, I think from just a, a pure strategic standpoint, we feel the people that we uh, invited 
you know, are all people that we really wanted our major league staff to see. And so there, there's a lot of value and importance to that. And um, my hope is is all the all these players take advantage of that. Have you ever been part of a spring training with this much big league experience within your own organization? Because you didn't bring in a lot of people from outside the organization this year. A lot of guys with big league experience, a lot of good competition in the starting and certainly in the bullpen roles. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't think I've thought about it in that regard. But, you know, I feel like, um, you know, you look at how that club finished last year. We, we obviously felt we were excited about what we saw with that team. And, and we didn't go out and make really wholesale changes because we felt the group we had was, was good. And it was really about creating a path or an opportunity for, for some of our younger players to really get a chance to play. And so we'll see how that unfolds. But, uh you know, I think as you look at this team and, and how this roster is constructed, you do have a, a lot of experience, but you also have some guys knowing that they have a true opportunity this year, whereas maybe in past years they didn't. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch how they take advantage of that. That's been one of the, the true templates of you and how you've run the organization. If you come in, you're going to get a chance. You're going to get a look where you won't be pushed to the side. And guys who leave here, maybe they don't make the ball club, most cases get a fair shake. And that's something that I think probably attracts players, be it free agents and young players that come to St. Louis. I think there's two things. And, and one, I agree with your point, so thank you. But the, the, the first point is, is, is usually we keep this camp pretty tight, meaning you know somewhere in that sort of 60 to 62 range. Now we have 10 additional players. But the reason we keep it tight is because we want people that, that realize when they're here, they are going to get a true look. And so I do think in the six-year free agent market, it's something that we do benefit from. Then you couple that with with the current number this year, I still think we're going to be able to provide those at-bats, those innings, where people do feel like they get that true look. One of the big discussion points this offseason was what do you do about the fourth spot in the lineup or the middle of the order? You guys want to give everybody a look here before you have to make other decisions. How long would that take? Well, I think we, we all have ideas of, of what that looks like. But I think as you as you enter camp, I can understand why from a public perspective, there's there's what is it? Who is it going to be? And so I think from, from our standpoint, it's, it's going to be just being about patience. Um, I think it gives the, the manager some flexibility to, to try a few different things um, in a more experimental role before he has to just nail that down. But... You know, we're confident that, that, that we can fill that void and, and uh, do it from within. Every year I ask you this question, who do you rub your hands together in anticipation of wanting to watch closer? I mean, there are a lot of, of, of players down here that you're excited to get to look at. Uh, Libertor comes to mind just because he's someone that you acquired in a trade. But I really feel like that the one person that, that's probably going to be the most interesting to, to watch in this camp might be Reyes. Because when you think about the beta on, on him and what that may or may not look like, he could be a very impactful player or, or it, it might not or could not. And so be patient there. But I do think that's something that I, I, I will definitely keep a, a close eye on as we go through the camp. He, he's an interesting player because when we watched him come in as a youngster, physically, he's kind of reconfigured himself a couple of times since day one he hit this camp. Well, yes, and unfortunately it's because he's had to deal with a lot of different injuries. And, and so getting through that is, is something that's critical. But, you know, when you look at, at the type of player he is and, and what he could potentially do, it's, it's exciting. So, 
you know, I, I think there's a lot of little sub stories that, that are going to be fun to follow as we go through this camp. But uh, that's certainly one that could be pretty impactful on our major league team if it, if it does work. Have you ever had this many left-handed pitchers, especially in the bullpen, that have such potential to be real difference makers? And, and maybe even in a starting role, because we didn't see Gomber last year because of injury. Cabrera, we saw flashes of his stuff. He looks like he could be special. And then you got some other guys. You picked up one in, from Seattle. You've got some other young pitchers, left-handers, that we haven't seen before uh, that really gives you more depth than I think I've seen in this organization in some time. Well, it's a great observation, and, and you're right. I, mean, I can't think of a year where we, where we had these types of, of opportunities and, and what that might look like. So, you know, from that standpoint, it should be a competitive camp because we're going to get to look at some, some left-handed arms that maybe weren't on our radar last year or, or unfortunately weren't able to, to really change how we were able to think about them. But this camp, it's loaded with left-handed arms, and you know, actually how we position that and where we use them is going to be fun to watch. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Don't strike out with your Valentine this year. Treat your sweetheart to dinner and a Cardinals game with all-inclusive tickets featuring excellent seats, a full buffet, and complimentary bar service. This week only, select games in April and May are available starting at just $55. Get your all-inclusive tickets today at cardinals.com. We'll get more scoop on everything happening around the Cardinals next. From Jupiter, it's Cardinals Countdown Opening Day. Chris Ravey, Mike Claiborne with you. Hour two just underway, and we're back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. The Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament is coming to St. Louis March 5th through the 8th. For more information on the tournament and Missouri Valley Conference games, visit archmadness.com. We'll give away six ticket vouchers right now for any single session. To call caller three at 314-531-1120. Welcome back to Jupiter, Florida, and welcome back into Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. I'm Chris Raby, alongside Mike Claiborne, and we hand it back to Claibs right now as we get more on what's happening around the club. So this is your first spring training. So what have you learned so far other than the fact that we have a whole lot more media than we normally have? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, every day is a new learning experience for me. But uh, the biggest thing I've learned is to wear sunscreen, honestly, because my ears got burnt yesterday. So today I put on some sunscreen. So that was That's a good move on yeah. your part. All right, let's talk about this ball club because uh, last season was a good one. It didn't end the way everyone expected it to or hoped for it to. So the offseason was kind of quiet. Give me your thoughts on where this team is headed, especially in a division that's certainly winnable. I think there's some teams that have regressed, and I think Cincinnati obviously caught everybody's eye. But give me your thoughts on what you think this team is going to look like. Um, that It's a good question, and I think uh, the Cardinals are, are going to find the answer to that question this spring. The biggest asset I think that they have is time uh, to look at their internal candidates because they're betting big on that in-house talent. Um, to answer the question, is the offense and fix fix inside or outside the organization um, and so the spring is going to um, they're going to hope that that answer is found this spring and kind of see you know where the outfield stands where the lineup stands and um, it was a quiet off season I think they've um, you know obviously everyone is looking for an offensive fix um, but I think their in-house talent can show that they can be that or the Cardinals are going to have to go outside. Now, how long do you give a situation like that? I'm of the belief that you can break camp and still be on the lookout for someone. I don't think it's as urgent as some would like for it to be because you're not going to win 162 in a row. How long do you give it before you make a decision on what you have within the organization is going to work or not? 
Yeah, I think it's a good question, and I agree with you. You can break camp with this with the same roster um, because you know spring is all about finding different looks, um, and then you know once we get into the season, uh, the the kind of see, I, I would give it, you know, honestly, I'd give it a, a good month or two, and and then, um, you know, obviously the only deadline there is um, is July 31st trade deadline. So, you know, by that point, it's like, okay, we got to find something, or or we're good here. Um, you know, they'll evaluate that, they'll evaluate what the division looks like by then. And but I think, you know, that first month, month and a half is is kind of what they'll they'll continue their evaluation. I think one of the reasons they can get away with it is the fact that the division isn't as strong as maybe we've seen it in the past. I thought last year the division was going to be pretty strong. This year, you've got the Cardinals. You've got Cincinnati. I think Chicago's trying to find their way. I think Milwaukee's still looking for pitching and Pittsburgh starting over again. So it's a division that you don't necessarily have the urgency, I would think. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, the Cubs are kind of trying to find their find their identity under a new manager. Um, you know, with all the the big name players kind of on the trade block, which was kind of crazy to see this off season. Um, you've, the Reds made some moves this winter that I'm I'm really interested to see. You know, this time around, I, I kind of look at the pitching, um, see where that is, and, and you know, the Reds are really set up well, but and, and but the Cardinals are. So I think you know the division is certainly winnable for the Cardinals. Um, it'll just you know, depend on, you know, that offense and kind of, you know, obviously being better than last year. Let's talk about the pitching. Um, pretty deep, a lot of big league experience and some real competition, not only for the rotation, but also the bullpen. Where do you see the biggest competition going to st- take place at? I think it's that fifth starter spot, um, you know, between Carlos Martinez and, and uh, the new pitcher, K.K. Kim. He, uh, they're both, you know, vying, they're, they're both vying for that spot. Um, Obviously, Martinez will it'll have to depend on his shoulder health and if it can sustain a, a starter's workload. But you know, I'm, it's shaping up to be a really good competition. I know they're both they're both looking at that, and obviously, you know, we could see both of them in if one of them jumps an incumbent. Um, you know, that can certainly happen. So I think the rotation offers some kind of a subplot to the spring training that I'm really interested to see. I think fans fans might overlook it because the rotation was so good last year. Um, you know, obviously Jack Flaherty leading the charge last or in the second half, but um, I think it's something. To to definitely keep an eye on especially that fifth spot and you've got you, those two but also you've got you know the other candidates like Daniel Ponce Leon, Austin Gomber you know those guys who certainly are ready and they could be in a major league rotation in any other team so they're going to look for that for like spot with the Cardinals. What about the bullpen because you just mentioned Ponce Leon and also Gomber you know this team is, has a chance to have it, three legitimate lefties coming out of the bullpen so where is that going to stack up in things? Yeah, I think um, you know the Cardinals have they've added um, left-handers in their organization uh, this off-season, um, but they've also have a lot of major league talent um, from the left side that they could see in the bullpen. Um, I think you know it's certainly going to help them because of the new three batter minimum rule. I'm interested to see how that plays out, but I think all all of their lefties can um, you know comply to that that new rule and I think that's going to help the Cardinals a lot so the, um, unlike recent years they're set up well from the left side mm-hmm. in the bullpen um, the rotation might be all right-handed but then they've got those left-handed compliments in the bullpen so we'll see how that you, men- out. you mentioned the, the the bullpen you mentioned the three batter rule the 26-man roster which one of those you think are going to be the most intriguing to follow during the course of the year yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think the the 26 roster spot is going to be more of a bench role, um, so it's certainly going to help uh, 
the Cardinals as, as far as having some depth on their bench, especially with that, that outfield being so having so many candidates there. Uh, but honestly, I'm really excited for the to see how the three battle minimum three batter minimum rule shakes out, how they utilize that. Um, like I said, I think all all of their lefties can can comply with it. They'll be fine. Um, but I think it, it takes it takes some strategy out, but it also adds some strategy in. Um, so that'll be it'll be interesting to see how how the Cardinals and other teams you know use it to their advantage. You know, I, one of the things I thought about right off the bat is we're going to monitor pitch count. And I think how many times a guy throws in the bullpen more now because you're going to have to lengthen some of these guys. Some of these guys are going to have to go back to back and face at least three batters, maybe five in some situations. So it's going to be something that I think uh, overall is going to be quite interesting to watch. So with that said, where do you think Mike Maddox is going to find the time to get all these guys enough work in? Yeah, we'll we'll see how that that works out. Um, the schedule will be kind of interesting this spring uh, uh, to see how he um, is able to get all these guys get looks at all these guys. Um, but you know, I, I it's a great question and it's something that we're gonna find out this spring and and then early in the season is to figure out hey when is this guy gonna throw? Um, is how long is too long between each outing? Because um, you know we saw that a little bit last year uh, and you know guys sticking with their roles, but. You know how is that? Does that hinder that hinder them, or does that help them? So it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how how the schedules all work out. All right, give me one everyday player and one guy off the bench, along with one pitcher. You're going to keep an eye on in spring. Um, well, I think you know the the outfield competition is is really strong, but you know everybody's looking at Lane Thomas and Tyler O'Neill. But I think Justin Williams is is a guy who can be a really powerful guy off the bench um, for the Cardinals. Especially this, being a left-handed hitter. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So I think that's someone that. Uh, you know, people should keep an eye on this spring. Um, Tommy Edmond obviously is, is a you know starter utility guy who people should be keeping an eye on where he plays every day um, this spring, or not every day, but um, you know where he plays this spring and all those different positions. Um, and then a pitcher to watch. Uh, yeah, I think I think Carlos Martinez is a guy you, you can watch to see how he's he's used best this spring. Uh, KK, the the Korean pitcher, see how he, what his role is. Um, you know, you asked for one, but I think those two, those two are, are two guys um, to really keep an eye on. And Rogers, it's going to be fun to read your work this year. It's going to be a very interesting spring training. We thank you for your time, and uh, we'll be doing this again throughout the course of the year. Absolutely, thanks so much. When we come back, we'll head to the outfield. We'll head to center field and visit with Harrison Bader. That's next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren and Jupiter. Alongside Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby. Back in a moment on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Harrison Bader is our guest, and I always look forward to talking to you, especially when spring training starts, to find out how your winter went, because you do exquisite things during the winter. <laughs> yeah, the most exquisite thing I did this winter was... Uh, was bust my tail with uh, somebody you know very well, Tommy Pham, and uh, actually Gregory Polanco as well, who's a great guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just did a, I did a great job of surrounding myself with people who, who are gonna are gonna make me the best product out there on that field, which is the most important thing. Uh, the level of focus I had this offseason, especially after last year, um, was uh, was just different. The energy was different. Uh, everything was different about it, and I just could not be more excited to be back here, ready to prove myself. You know, last year was a challenging year for you, and I, and you're a guy who's always worked hard to get to where you're at. But last year didn't have the answers that you wanted. What did you learn about yourself through that ordeal? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I what I learned about myself first and foremost was that the uh, 
you know, you wake up the next day and it's all good. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is uh, there were times where I just, I was searching so much and trying to figure things out and, and look into too many different people that I, I forgot to look at myself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I forgot to kind of look at look at who I was and, and what I was trying to do and what I was trying to accomplish up there. Um, and just uh, taking the ownership of understanding that this is my gig, um, this is this is my deal. Um, and that, you know, working hard is great, but, but working smart and hard is even better. And I think at times I overwork myself. I may have worn myself down a little bit, searching too much as opposed to kind of reeling it all in. So, again, th this offseason was great for a number of reasons. Um, you know, I just had the ability to kind of take a step back, under understand why things weren't working that well. I watched a lot of video with, you know, I have a, I have a new swing coach um, and uh, working with just some new people, just some new understandings and new philosophies. And, and again, you know, you keep everything simple. It's still baseball, um, but there definitely were some some physical tweaks that I didn't make and physical tweaks that I understand why things weren't going the way I wanted them to. And that just allowed me to have a lot more confidence going up there. Did you find yourself maybe overthinking situations? Because there's a lot of information that's given to players. And as you mentioned, there were people coming at you, giving you advice, this and that. Sometimes it can all just become a, a real log jam, more or less. Did you find yourself in that position? To an extent, for sure. Um, but again, you know, the biggest thing is ownership in, in this. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, you don't, you don't ever want to be disrespectful to anybody. Um, but there definitely were times where I, I could have plugged my ears a little bit and just uh, kind of gone out there and just trusted myself, have confidence in my own gig. Um, and, and that's the biggest thing. It was, you know, everybody's over, always tried to help me. You know, no one's ever tried to be detrimental to my career. Uh, but sometimes, again, for me, uh, the information is an overload to an extent. Um, so going out there and just, again, growing up and, and, and owning what you do, understand what works for you is the biggest thing. So, again, looking in the mirror, man, I mean, that's just that's just what it's all about and, and just understanding how to process different information and just, uh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your swing coach. Tell me about the, what, what adjustment you tried to make. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing I learned, too, about um, who I am as a player is that uh, is I'm a how guy, not a why guy. Mm -hmm. So we could talk swing all day. We could, you know, everything like that. I could, I could tell you why I do certain things to try and create that. But I learned that I'm a how guy, and I'd rather just go out there and show you how I do it. I can't wait so to see. So I guess, I guess with that said, I'm going to just, I know you can't get this on camera, but I'm going to just <laughs> close my lips and throw that camera away and go, <laughs> throw, throw that key away and go out there and just uh, keep doing what I do and stick to my routine and stay confident and, and go out there and, and snap off my swing as often as I can. You mentioned routine because a lot of guys get into a routine where they trust their fundamentals, they trust their hands, they trust what they know what's going to work. How challenging was that for you to get into that routine now that you feel like you've got things moving in the right direction? Absolutely. Uh, that's a great question. That's the, uh, that was the biggest thing was, was developing that routine. Um, and I could do it now to a point because I've been swinging all offseason nonstop, um, working smart, working in the right direction. I could do that routine with my eyes closed. Now, I might miss the ball. I don't mean I'm swinging with my eyes right. closed, but my routine I could feel with my eyes closed just because of how much I've owned it, how much I've honed that ability and, and that searching for that feel that I, when every day starts, every day is different in this game. Um, gathering that feel, understanding what I'm trying to do. I mean, that's that, that routine is huge, and that's what kind of gives me confidence. You know, the... The, the amount of emphasis you put on the cage and your cage work and all the stuff you do behind the scenes, I mean, you, you want to do it correctly, you want to do it to your ability, but you're just looking for a feel. And that's, the second that's done, it's, you know, it's, it's off to the next one. So That's a good point you make because I've seen guys, and you have too, that will spend a whole day in the cage and, yeah. and take hundreds of swings. Yeah. And they, all they do, it seems like, is develop, continue to hone a bad habit. 100%. For you, you found the swing, you found what you wanted to do, and you backed off where it's more quality than quantity. 
Um, I mean, it varies. You know, I, I, y y your swing is always going to evolve in this game. Your understanding of what your, how your body works, right. what pitch is trying to do to you, it's always going to evolve. That's why this game is so beautiful because you never figure it out. You never arrive. You know, I think the the best word though is click. Uh, and there are definitely some things that have clicked for me this off season, just with. Uh, with the way I'm, I'm feeling the ball. And again, uh, you know, the biggest thing is just managing variables. So if I'm going through my routine and I'm, I'm doing what I do and I'm, you know, I could take a, I could take a, a swing now and, and hit a ball sideways off the, you know, first base side of the cage. And sometimes that, that's, a, that's a good swing to me, you know? So it's all about the feel you're trying to create. Um, at that point, if you're snapping off a good swing, but you're hitting it sideways, then it's just a matter of just managing variables and moving your contact point up a little bit, as opposed to having to adjust maybe different parts of your swing. So uh, it's just more clean, it's more consistent, and, and just, again, my understanding of how my body works uh, through repetition is what I learned this offseason, and, uh, and yeah. We, we talked a lot about hitting. Let's talk about defense, man. You're a finalist for a gold glove. Mm -hmm. So you have a little bit more work to do to get that first one. And once Absolutely. you get the first one, then it starts to become a lot more fun. What did you do? And how do you prepare yourself defensively in the offseason? Absolutely. Well, first of all, that was, that was an absolute honor just to not only be on the with, with some other incredibly talented baseball players, but just to kind of just to understand what that really does feel like. I mean, I can't imagine winning one because that's just such an honor, but just to kind of be named and receive that recognition really does mean a lot to me because I, I love playing defense. I love I love helping my, my pitchers out whenever I can. I love, you know, throwing guys out, taking away hits. I mean, you you name it, the list goes on and on. Um, but the biggest thing is, I again, I lived in Miami this offseason. I worked out at Bomberitos. Um, they, they specialize mainly in getting, uh, you know, high-level prospects for the – from football, ready for the draft combine. So they're all explosive work, all speed, all cutting, all every angle that you're going to put your body in to catch a fly ball, to get a good break, um, controlling the way your head bounces when you're running for a ball. I mean, the list goes on and on. So I, I, I've been sprinting all off season, getting my legs ready, getting my hips ready, getting everything ready head to toe to go out there and, again, win that gold glove and, uh, and more, you know, more importantly, help my pitcher out whenever he needs it talking to Tommy Pham about you and he said he expects big things from you this year he said by your work ethic and the dedication that you put in and I know you expect big things from yourself but when he starts to throw compliments around like that then you have to stop and pay attention and he's known you since you were a pup but yeah. he was excited about what he saw you doing this offseason and how you were trying to get yourself prepared ever felt better in your life as far as walking into a spring training than what you do now yeah you know I gotta admit I've never felt better walking in um and it's funny you said that because that's exactly what was on my mind as you're kind of asking me that question. And to speak to Tommy Pham, you know, that kind of just that just brings a smile to my face because, like you mentioned again, you know, he's known me since I entered this organization in 15. Um, you know, when I was first exposed to Tommy, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was just, damn, that guy works. Like, I want to be like that guy. And even to this day, I want to be like Tommy Pham. Um, you know, his, his energy on this field, how much he cares, what he puts into it. I mean, it's something that really is. It's just a beautiful thing. And just to be around that energy on a day-to-day -day basis in the offseason where you are away from the game. But all we want to do is be close to it. You know, having, having Tommy around and everything, man, he's just, he's just been such a positive influence on me. So I couldn't be more thankful for him bringing me into Bomberitos because he's been working there for a number of years. You know, it was a big switch for me, and I'm, I'm a New York City cat, you know that. I, uh, but the weather's a lot better down here <laughs> in Miami. <laughs> the weather's a lot better, but, you know, when, when I kind of was making that switch down, the first thing he said, he reached out and he, he told me to, to come and work out with him, and it was no hesitation. I was like, if Tom is working there, I'm going to follow him. So, um, you know, I appreciate him saying he, think, he expects big things out of me. I know he put in the absolute work this offseason. There's no doubt about that, uh, and it shows. And, you know, I just could not be more excited for him in the situation he's in. You know, he got paid in, in uh, 
you know, very handsomely in, in the offseason. He, and he, more than anybody, knows that you absolutely deserve that, and, and he earned that. So I couldn't be more excited for him in his season, and I'm just, uh, you know, we got a little group going there, so I'm happy for all of us. I can't wait to see how this spring with Harrison Bader. It's going to be fun to watch you this year. It's going to be fun, baby. I can't wait. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back into Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amron. Chris Raby with you from Jupiter, Florida. And we welcome in the Director of Ticket Sales and Marketing for the Cardinals, Martin Coco. Martin, how are you, man? Doing great. Glad to be with you, Chris. Glad to be with you. We are just a couple of days from Valentine's Day, and what a time for you guys to have a special on your all-inclusive tickets. Folks can get tickets right now for games in April and May as low as $55, Champions Club as low as $99. And before we get into these specifics, what a great special, Martin, for all-inclusive tickets that include all your food, your drink built into the ticket price. This is absolutely fantastic. Well, all-inclusive tickets over the years, Chris, have really become a a really popular option for fans. There's a lot of different ways people can utilize those for a fun night out, uh, for entertainment business-wise. But in this case, we're sort of focusing on maybe the date night factor since it's Valentine's week. And uh, if you're like most of us, uh, myself included, looking for some last-minute gift ideas, uh, for Valentine's Day, that's why we put this offer out there. And as you mentioned, we've got uh, a variety of games in April and May where you can get an all-inclusive ticket for as low as $55. So uh, a real fun way to take in a game if, if folks haven't enjoyed an all-inclusive ticket in the past. And uh, this is a, an opportunity to do, to do it at a good discount. Yeah, you can go to cardinals.com and check out the dates, including opening weekend against the Orioles, the Dodgers series, a couple of divisional dates against the Reds, uh, and also the Marlins and San Diego Padres, cardinals.com. It is the all-inclusive Valentine's Week special. And, yeah, the fact that that price point is so low, you can only get these tickets through Friday. If folks haven't experienced a game in an all-inclusive section, you've got a lot of different uh, options and uh, some different areas, but the experience, the service that you get is second to none, isn't it, Martin? It really is, and there, uh, you mentioned the variety. We have uh, some real casual picnic-style areas that are, are great for a laid-back experience all the way up through, you had mentioned earlier, the UMB Champions Club, some more upscale-type areas where you really get the feel of uh, enjoying a game like a VIP. So regardless of, of your budget and also what uh, what you're looking for in, in, in an outing at the ballpark, we've got the, the variety there. Yeah, go to cardinals.com slash tickets and check out the variety of different areas that you can buy your all-inclusive tickets. Again, everything, uh, just about everything under 100 bucks. And ticket prices starting at $55. Tell us about the Legends Club, uh, the party suites, Martin, because I know those are newly renovated. It's a full renovation project going on that you guys are going to have wrapped up by opening day. 21 suites renovated. And I know uh, just you guys continue to make upgrades to different areas of the park and enhance the experience that fans can have. Yeah, and that's something that we look to do every offseason is is uh, upgrade different areas and continue to improve the fan experience. And that's probably our biggest project this offseason uh, is that party suite renovation. Fans may know some of those suites that are down the right field line. Uh, they're on two different levels. 
And last year, uh, moving into 2019, we renovated a few of them sort of as a test case. And this year, we've done the full uh, rest of the entire inventory. So as you mentioned, 21 suites. And those are good for uh, for group entertaining, obviously. But then you mentioned that as Legends Club, that's how we, we also sell those on an individual basis. So if you're someone who doesn't have a full group to enjoy a suite, you can still get that same experience uh, by purchasing it as a Legends Club. And those will be all brand new, reno- fully renovated for the 2020 season. Yeah, Champions Club as well. The UMB Champions Club as low as $99. And you guys have a couple of Sunday dates. Uh, I've gone, for example, with my parents and been lucky enough, uh, thanks to you guys, to sit in the Champions Club a couple of times, which is great because for a Sunday afternoon game, you can get there. You can have some brunch, uh, incredible food options, everything from, you know, your traditional ballpark food to carving stations to salad bars. And, you know, they call it the Champions Club because the World Series trophies are in there. You can get your picture taken with those. It's just such a cool experience in in all the different areas you guys have. Some of them inside for the beginning of the season. Just something for everyone at Cardinals.com. That's what we're trying to do is uh, is serve all the fans in all the different ways. And uh, that's what we look forward to with this uh, this all-inclusive offer is – a lot of variety out there and at a really affordable price. All right, cardinals.com right now. Take advantage of the Valentine's Day all-inclusive special. Again, this only through Friday, Valentine's Day, the 14th. And ticket prices for all-inclusive areas with all your food and drink start as low as $55. Champions Club as low as $99. Martin Coco, the Director of Ticket Sales and Marketing. Thank you so much, man. We'll see you soon at the ballpark. Hey, thanks, Chris. Join manager Mike Schilt as he hosts the Cardinals Care RBI Golf Classic on Thursday, May 7th at Norwood Hills Country Club. This unique experience will pair foursomes with a Cardinals celebrity, including current players, coaches, and alumni. Register today at cardinals.com slash golf. Quick break, and we're back to wrap up this week's edition of Cardinals Countdown Opening Day, presented by Ameren from Jupiter, Florida, on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Wrapping up our first Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren from Jupiter, Florida. Chris Raby alongside Mike Claiborne. Hey, now's the perfect time to pick up the essential item for every Redbird fan, the official 2020 Cardinals calendar featuring the signature artwork of team photographers, the club's spring training and regular season schedules and four pages of money-saving coupons. Pick up your copy at St. Louis area retailers or call 314-345-9000. We'll give away a calendar right now to caller 3 at 314-531-1120. Big thanks to all of our guests. Thanks to Mike Schilt, John Mozeliak, Annie Rogers, also Ryan Helsley, John Brebia, and Harrison Bader, plus Martin Coco from the Cardinals. A big thanks to Ben Boyd, our executive producer, Mike Anderson, back in our network studio, Sam Masterson, helping us out here in Florida, and Ann Carroll with the Cardinals Radio Network. Thanks to Mike Claiborne for Claibs. I'm Chris Raby. This has been another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. We'll talk to you next week from Jupiter right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.